welcome back to Gab and Grow, our podcast about really important things for you to know at Western Connecticut State University. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and today we're welcoming back one of my favorite guests, Kara Mackler from the Women's Center of Greater Danbury. Yay. Hi, Thanks Kara. for having me. Hi. <laughs> Kara's been with us before, but she's joining us this year in a brand new role as Manager of Campus Education and Outreach. <laughs> That's right. Ooh, you want to tell us some about that? Yeah, so we're really excited about this. Um, basically, my previous role was a prevention educator, so I worked mainly in K-12 through in our 13 different towns in the catchment area, but I also worked, obviously, here at Western. And um, through our partnership and our um, relationship with everyone here at Western, we've realized there's been an increasingly high demand for more programming, more events, um, on our end of things. And so kind of through those conversations um, between people here on campus and people at the Women's Center, uh, we created this position um, to fulfill those needs um, that students are asking for and that faculty and staff are asking for. So really excited. So now I'm yeah. here full time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Um, very busy already yeah. in classrooms and, you know, we're going to be working with the residence halls, working with staff who are students as well as staff and faculty um, here. And then and working with Greeks, athletes, anyone, clubs, organization who wants programs. Um, we're increasing our events that are happening. So it's very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So let's start with talking about some of those events because um, October starts next week and it's Domestic crazy. Violence Awareness Month. So mm -hmm. it's a really busy, crazy month, I'm guessing, yes. for, <laughs> for things. And um, one of the things that's coming up. Um, is a red flags campaign, I mm -hmm. think it's called. And, and some people may have seen some of the flyers going up about that already. I know that yeah. in the halls we have some of them up, and it's been really interesting to me to walk past and see people, like, reading them and, and oh, looking good. at what's on it. So good. that was really kind of thrilling. But I wondered if you could tell us more about that. Yeah, so basically it actually is was created and led by the Virginia Sexual and Domestic Violence Action Alliance. Um, and it's become, I think, pretty national. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of other states and universities and campuses are starting to pick it up. And um, it just fits so well with Domestic Violence Awareness Month because it's essentially an event where uh, we have actual literal red flags that mm -hmm. students will be able to write red flag behaviors on the red flags um, and then be able to post those flags essentially out in the, on the lawn um, in front of the student center. Um, and so it'll be an opportunity to, to start conversations about mm -hmm. red flag behaviors, but it's also meant to be a, a bystander intervention um, kind of strategy to yeah. be able to identify these red flags, but also then to be able to speak up when you see them happening in your friends' relationships or loved ones' relationships too. Yeah, so I was wondering if you would, you know, talk about maybe what some of those red flags people might see are, yeah. and then, you know, maybe we can go on into talking about how do you how do you take that next step? How do you get involved? How do you be that bystander who's intervening in something? Yeah, absolutely. So I think some of the top ones to look out for are like over jealousy. And we really emphasize the over jealousy because mm -hmm. sometimes jealousy by itself may not be super harmful. A lot of people feel jealous sometimes. But when that jealousy becomes controlling or possessive and that person is using that jealousy to demand information out of their partner or to try to control their partner and who they talk to or trying to control who they follow on Instagram um, 
and that jealousy becomes controlling mm-hmm. behaviors, possessive behaviors of you belong to me. That's obviously a really big red flag and can kind yeah. of escalate um, to other abusive behaviors. And then we have um, any type of like discouraging time outside of that relationship. So if their partner is saying, oh, come on, like you hang out with your friends all the time, just ditch them and spend time with me. Or, oh, come on, like don't go to practice today. I wanted to take you out and do something special. And it can sound nice right. or charming, but it's not intended for mm-hmm. good purposes. It's trying to actually isolate that person away from their friends, their family, their hobbies, interests. So any type of kind of discouraging time outside of that relationship and pulling them away um, from people in their lives. Um, any type of insults, putting that person down, mm-hmm. right? Like healthy relationship, you're supposed to build each other up, make that person feel good about themselves, yeah. encourage their goals and their dreams and ideas and all the things that they want to do. Um, in an unhealthy relationship, you'll see that person saying, kind of belittling them and putting them down in some way, um, making them feel like they're not good enough um, and things like that. And then pressuring someone to do something mm-hmm. that they don't want to do. So that could be pressuring them to maybe even just something that's, you know, engaging in alcohol consumption or doing drugs. Or it could be pressuring someone to move too quickly in that relationship, mm-hmm. um, whether that's physically, sexually, anything. Um, and then even something that sounds, again, kind of nice, if in the beginning of the relationship you are feeling like, oh, this seems too good to be true. This person is so perfect and so wonderful. And all of the things that um, seem too perfect is probably a sign that it is um, too perfect. So it's kind of not how what a normal relationship looks like. You are going to have your natural healthy ups and downs. So that like red flag of everything seems so good and they're overly, you know, complimenting me and they're over like excessively making me feel special and good and making me feel like the only person who matters in the world, that can kind of be a sign of intensity Mm -hmm. in that relationship. If it goes from, you know, we just started dating to I love you and I would do anything for you within a couple of weeks, that can feel a little intense, which might come off romantic to some people, but can be a red flag for other intense behaviors. So if, if, if you are noticing that in your own relationship or if you're noticing that in a friend's relationship, mm-hmm. what kinds of things can you do about it? Yeah, so something I often say with students if they see it in their own relationship um, is to try to set boundaries. Um, every healthy relationship has boundaries and they have to be communicated and respected. And that alone of trying to communicate your boundaries can be an indicator of which direction this relationship is going to go. So if, for example, that you know your partner is constantly kind of trying to pull you away from your friends and your family or, you know, going to practice if you're on a team or doing something that you enjoy. If you say to them, you know, I really appreciate that you want to spend so much time with me, but I really want to spend time with my friends. And, you know, I would appreciate if you let me spend that time and not text me the whole time that I'm with them and kind of however you want to communicate those boundaries, how they react to that can be either a red flag or a green flag, what we mm-hmm. call. So if they respond by saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're right. I just got really excited. But, yes, have fun with your friends. You know, I'll talk to you tomorrow or whenever. 
And they really respect that and then learn from that behavior and change their behavior from then on. That's great. You are able to establish that boundary. They're showing you respect and empathy. They're listening. And, you know, you've had a little hiccup and now you're moving forward. Whereas if they respond with more jealousy or more mistrust and, you know, what's the big deal? Why can't I just text you? Or, you know, who are you hanging out with anyway and kind of using it to further push like controlling behaviors, that's kind of another red flag. So I think it's starting, if you're starting to notice any red flag behaviors, to communicate that, see how they react and judge, you know, that that reaction in your own way. But I think it's also just trusting your gut. Um, yeah. It's hard to kind of measure a lot of these red mm-hmm. flags. So I think it's a matter of if you feel like something is off, you're probably right. So try to Think with your head and not your heart in those moments about something doesn't feel quite right and I need to trust my instincts um, that this isn't healthy or this isn't okay. Yeah, I think that one of the hard things is that we live in this this world where we mistrust so much these days. Yeah. So, you know, finding that spot that's that's good and comfortable and things without overreacting one way or the other too is yeah. is a hard balance to find so definitely i, I don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah sometimes it's yeah. like helping each other grow um mm-hmm. i think in a, any healthy relationship everyone has flaws right but you shouldn't have to teach your partner you know how to be a good partner right but you can learn from each other and grow together as mm-hmm. a couple um and actually the one love foundation that I was going to talk about um, later on, they have a whole um, or had a whole campaign last year about loving better. Mm-hmm. And the campaign was all about like, okay, even if you're in a healthy relationship, we can always learn more about yeah. how to love our partner better um, and like expand our or skills, if you will, um, in that relationship. Like, we can all learn how to communicate better. Like, no Mm -hmm. one's perfect, um, even in a healthy relationship. So I think that that's a, you know, it is difficult, especially in college. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, this is their first real relationship, first long-term relationship. It's the first relationship maybe that they feel like, they're really kind of on their own. They're not living at home anymore or it's, you know, their first serious kind of adult situation that they find themselves in. So a lot of it is a learning process, Mm -hmm. but they shouldn't have to learn through abusive behaviors. You know, and I think for me, having watched college students for a long time now, Mm -hmm. um, the, the introduction of our technical lives these days, I think makes this so much harder because people have so many more ways to be watching you, Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned texting and, and things, but, you know, I've known, I've known relationships where somebody is watching on Facebook and seeing when somebody is logged on and if other people are yeah. logged on at the same time. Yeah. You know, you just, every little step of technology that we add to the mix gives another way for somebody to be, you know, kind of using that, that as a, a means of power over yep. somebody. Exactly. And so, you know, I think that makes it even tougher sometimes for the students that we have today definitely. to be able to negotiate that whole pathway. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it also shows how often stalking can occur. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing an increase in yeah. stalking cases on campus. Um, and a lot of times technology is 
involved yep. in those cases um, mm-hmm. by either just tracking their location or using technology to harass that person, mm-hmm. either through texts or calls um, or through apps where they can call through a fake phone yep. number. Yep. So, yeah, we're seeing an increase in that mm-hmm. um, because it makes sense. This is what people use to communicate on a daily basis. But like mm-hmm. you said, it's exactly what people who are using technology right. as a means of control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit about um, some of the other things that are going on, too. And one of those is the Silent Witness Initiative. Can yes. you talk some about that? Yeah. So we are participating in a Silent Witness exhibit, and it's actually part of um, an international um, initiative that actually began in 1990. Um, and it's began in one state and then expanded and is now in, I believe, 23 countries. It's in all 50 states. A lot of the state coalitions for domestic violence will participate in it. We participate on a local Mm -hmm. level in it. Um, But essentially what it is is we have literal statues. Some states have large, like, life-size statues Mm -hmm. um, of people, and we have mini ones Mm -hmm. that represent all of the victims across our state who have died due to acts of domestic and dating violence. And so we have, um, for our exhibit that we do here on campus, we have the red statues represent any resident of Connecticut. Um, And then we have gray statues or silver statues that represent college to high school entering college aged victims across the country. Um, And so they're scattered among the red statues Mm -hmm. to represent that particular age group um, and population. And it's a very solemn event. Yeah. It's, yeah, it can be very intense. Um, I, I'll i never forget, too, a couple of years ago when we did it here on campus, a student was reading the stories because on the statue they have a little plaque mm-hmm. that gives the story of how that person was essentially murdered um, by their intimate partner. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a student who was reading a story and looked at me and said, that could have been me. And it was very um, eye-opening to see that, yes, we deal with this issue out in the community. And when we hear domestic violence, we often think of spouses or families um, or adults. But this is something that's happening among teenagers. It's happening among college students. um, And it's a very real and serious and scary issue um, that students really resonate with. Yeah, I can remember it actually coming to campus the first time. And I think they had life-size statues at that mm-hmm. point. And it was it was truly breathtaking yeah. um, to just be there and, and reading those things. And then knowing that there are people in your community. Yeah. You know, that was, it, it's an astoundingly moving um, event. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, why is it important that we do those kinds of things? events here. Yeah, I think that in the history of it, it, their intention was really, one, to raise awareness, of course, about these issues and to start a conversation, you know, not be in silence about this happening in our communities anymore. And then it was also, I think, to bring the community together um, Mm -hmm. and really be able, kind of like the bystander intervention of like, being able to say, you know, I... I have my neighbor's back. I have my roommate's back. I have my friend's back. I have a stranger's back. Like if Mm -hmm. I see this happening in my community, I care and I'm going to do something and I'm going to help. And I think that was really the intention was to, of course, honor the victims who have died. And they're actually – slogan, for lack of a better term, is remember my story, remember my name. Mm. Um, And that was really with that intention of like, 
this could happen to someone you know, and we want to prevent that. Right. But we're not going to be able to do that unless we all come together and start caring more and taking action and holding, you know, people accountable for their actions and honoring victims um, by working towards ending this violence. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the other things that's coming up in October is something that uh, sponsored out of our office, but we we have everyone on campus kind of involved in it. Yes. Um, I know you guys are really involved. Um, Choices gets on board, mm-hmm. health services and counseling and, and a lot of our student organizations. We've had social work and some of the sororities and things, which yeah. were hoping to have this time, but it's it's called Operation Jungle Red, mm-hmm. and it's going to be held this year, the week of October 21st. Um, and the program, it's a weird title. For a thing. It, <laughs> yeah. it started as a, a program at Miami University in Ohio um, following the, Virgin, the Virginia Tech murders, um, and they really wanted to have some kind of in-depth discussion about just violence in general right. because we're a pretty violent society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea was that that they would offer programs throughout the time of, of their celebration but also ask people to think about violence in their lives and then to make a commitment to try to be less violent right. and, and to sign a pledge about that and then to give a visible, you know, sign of that pledge. So as people sign that pledge, they ask them to paint their pinky finger red and they use the color called jungle red. So that's that's how it came about in the <laughs> That makes sense now. <laughs> the initial thing. So the history of Operation Jungle Red. Um, one of our hall directors saw a program about this um, this operation um and brought it to us. I think it's been about eight years now. Mm. And so we've taken that on to, to do something. And we'll be doing that again this year. So we'll be having uh, events in the evenings probably yep. and throughout that week. Um, and then also tabling events where people can can look at and sign that pledge and yep. paint their, their pinky red. Um, we've had people in the past from, uh, you know, like the attorney general and some of the news stations come in and and lead some discussions about it and things. So there's a yeah. lot coming up about that. And uh, just want to tell everyone to look for it and to start looking for information about it during that week of October uh, 21st. And then to attend some of the things and start thinking about the impact violence has in your life and how you want to eradicate it. So Yeah, which is uh, nice because that, I think is what students often and people I think look for is the mm-hmm. like, okay, now that you've made me super sad about these issues, yeah, what can I do? You know, what can I do? How can right. I help? And, you know, I think that's why we often put the silent witness exhibit at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. You know, we're yeah. doing it October 2nd, October 3rd. Yeah. Um, so we start off the month with kind of, okay, this is what's happening. This is the awareness yeah. of the problem. And then we kind of lead the rest of the month with issues or events similar right. to um, OJR where it's like, okay, now here's how you can actually get involved mm-hmm. and make a difference right. um, now that you have this awareness and education yeah. here's how you can help and that just a simple commitment to try to be kind is, exactly is really a powerful commitment yeah. so yeah you know i'm i'm hoping that a lot of people take advantage to hear some of that and to participate in some of the things too so. definitely um, i want to give you some time before we run out to just talk about the women's center and its presence here on campus so can yeah. you tell us about what you do, where you're located, hours, 
contact information. All Definitely. The, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we are a, an organization. Technically, we're a nonprofit in the community that serves individuals and families dealing with issues related to domestic violence, dating abuse, sexual assault. Um, our name is misleading. We are for everyone. So our name kind of honors our history, not necessarily the people that we serve. So anyone of any identity is welcome to receive our services. We are free. We're confidential. Uh, we're located in Whitehall, 003A, right down the hall from where we are now. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, Technically, our hours are kind of regular business hours, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We have our hours posted on our door. If our door is ever closed, we usually write a note. Um, it's really – it's myself, and then it's Sydney Treza, who is our full-time director of counseling mm-hmm. um, and advocacy services here on campus. And so if the door is closed, it's usually because, you know – She's in with a client. Right. We're serving someone. So um, you can always walk in, make an appointment um, if you can, if you want to. Uh, and our regular office phone number is 203-837-3939. And then we have a 24-7 hotline. So that's if our door is closed and you're really in crisis mm-hmm. or need someone to talk to. Or if it's after hours or a weekend and you still want that support, um, that's 24-7. And that's 203 731 5206. Um, so that's um, kind of our main services or just information about us. Um, and obviously, like I said, we have our silent witness events happening. Mm-hmm. So that's October 2nd. That one will be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Midtown Student Center. And then on Thursday, October 3rd, will be 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the West Side mm-hmm. Campus Center. And then we have the Red Flag Campaign happening the week after that. Wednesday, October 9th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., Midtown Student Center again. <laughs> and Thursday, October 10th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., Westside Campus Center. Um, and then we'll have a couple other events potentially happening throughout the month. Um, I know during the week of Operation Jungle Red, we'll also be Take Back the Night. Yeah. Um, that's happening on that Wednesday, the 23rd, at 8 p.m. in Warner Hall. Um, that's run by the Delta Gamma Phi sorority, and we'll be there to offer support and um, speak at the event. And so we're welcoming students, survivors to attend. Um, but there's a lot going on, and we're here for you know anything that students need. I often will kind of reiterate we are a crisis organization, mm-hmm. but students don't need to be in crisis to receive our services. Right. So even if something happened, I've actually had students give feedback after a program that they said, I didn't realize that I was in an unhealthy relationship yeah. until I saw this program. Um, so even if it's something that happened months ago, years ago, they can mm-hmm. always come and talk and receive counseling or process what they're experiencing. But we're here for all students. Well, and, and one of the important things you said there is you're also available to do all kinds of programs. So yes, I know you do lots for us in the residence halls, yes. but you also work with athletes and you work with Greeks and any organization, actually, if they yep. wanted to have you come in and do a program with them yeah. or even just a group of people. It doesn't have yeah. to be an organization. Yeah, we you work know, with if a, there's a group of your friends who would really club. like this, I'm guessing that you would do something. Yeah, for absolutely. Yeah. 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 Our programs are free and, you know, I'm happy to talk to anyone who wants a program. It could be on anything related to our issues. You know, we can talk about sexual harassment. We could talk about stalking, dating abuse, consent, sexual assault. All of the fun things. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we're more than available and more than willing to work with anyone who um, wants a program, wants mm-hmm. to volunteer with us. We're always looking for volunteers for all those events happening in October. So they can always contact me, um, contact the office if they're yeah. interested. Well, and, you know, you said all those those fun events. But, you <laughs> know, actually, 
I've heard from people over the years that although the, the subject matter is really heavy mm -hmm. um, and can be very intense and evoke intense feelings and mm -hmm. things, I think people walk away also feeling very empowered. Yeah. You know, like you said with the young woman who said, you know, she was in that kind of relationship. Um, you know, you walk away having something you can do. Yeah. Having a place that you can go to for support. Yeah. Having learned something about it. So I think that's the... That's the thing, even though it's a heavy topic, you you walk away with things that are really useful to you and yeah. are going to help you not be in a difficult situation. Yeah. You know, thank or you. know what to do once you're out of it, too. So yeah. Thank you for yeah. saying that. Yeah. That's our hope is yeah. that we leave, you know, with people feeling empowered with mm -hmm. that knowledge and, you know, support to be able mm -hmm. to help a friend, help themselves um, and just know that we're here if they ever do need us. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you again for being with us. Yeah, thank I, you so I much. I love the time that we spend together because I'm always learning something, and it's just it's good information to get out as many ways as we can. So if we do that with people listening to our little podcast, that's great. Yeah, thank um, you so much for having me again. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Um, if you are listening today and you need any more information about things we can, we've talked about, please get in touch with the Women's Center, or as always, you can talk to me. Uh, you can reach me through my email at griffinm at wcsu.edu. If there's something that we didn't mention that you want to talk about, too, you can, can get in touch with us that way, too. Uh, if you are listening, I hope you'll tune in again to Gab and Grow and find out what else is happening here at WCSU and get the help that you need. So for now, that's it from Gab and Grow. Bye.